Our scripture reading today is found in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 40. And our message today is entitled, The Book of Acts, Philip and the Ethiopian Eunuch. This is the Lord's word. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. And went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning once again. Let's say hello to each other. Just look around, say greetings, good morning. As we continue our series in the book of Acts, we remember that the book of Acts is actually a, a, a book about the acts of Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit and through the apostles and through the deacons and th- in, 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 in establishing and growing the church itself. We saw in Acts chapter 1 that as Pentecost came, that they were commanded, the apostles, to preach the gospel from Jerusalem to Samaria to the ends of the earth. That this gospel could not just be contained in one place, but that one day all nations will hear about the name of Jesus and that Jesus' glory will be made known to the ends of the earth. We saw first the Holy Spirit come upon the apostles and they themselves began to speak in ways or in language that, languages that others can hear the good news of Jesus. 
Then we saw after, in, in the beginning of Acts chapter 8, when, when Stephen is martyred and the persecution of the church began, that the apostles were, 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 were scattered and the deacons were scattered. And we saw that the Gentiles started, sorry, the, the, um, um, the Hellenistic Jews and the Gentiles started to come to know Jesus as well. We saw that, that as they came to know Jesus, that later on they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this separation of confession of your faith and baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, was there at the beginning of the church. So that when Peter and John came to witness what was happening, that they can verify and say what happened in Jerusalem for us in the upper room in receiving the Spirit. It's the same thing that is happening to the Jewish uh, the Hellenistic Jews as well. And so this verification, the, spirit, the second of the a baptism of the Holy Spirit um, enabled the whole church to see that God indeed is not only saving those in Jerusalem, but God's plan is to save all people. Nowadays, when, when we come to know Jesus, those things go hand in hand. Our word and receiving of the Holy Spirit go hand in hand. They're not two separate blessings. In fact, you cannot say that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was simply to verify to all the people the same Jesus, the same God who was poured out, the same spirit that was poured out upon the apostles, is the same spirit that was poured upon the Hellenistic Jews and eventually all the Gentiles. We get to this part of the story in, in Acts chapter 8. And we saw in Acts chapter 8 in the last two weeks ago about Simon the sorcerer that he himself heard the gospel, and it appeared as if he knew God himself. But then when he saw the, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, he said to the apostles, listen, give me that power and I'll pay you whatever you want. And Philip rebuked him and the apostles rebuked him. And we saw there a picture of what it means not to follow God. That we don't follow Jesus or we don't follow God for our own benefits. And in fact, they were gentle and kind to him. And they charged him directly. You need to repent. You need to repent and know that Jesus is Lord. Speaking truth in love. Here in this passage, we get a picture once again of the gospel going one step further out. This Ethiopian eunuch was not Jewish. He was not part of the diaspora. He was from Ethiopia. Ethiopia at that time was anything below Egypt. So the known powers, the Babylonian Empire and the Egyptian Empire, and then there was everyone else, vassal states. And so below, below, below um, Egypt was simply this vastness called Ethiopia. It's basically all of known Africa at that time. And so in this part 
of the world at this time. We are getting to the ends of the earth. Here is a person who has uh, no familiar connection with the Jewish nation. But we do know some things about him. We see in verse 27 that he was a court official of the queen of the Ethiopians in charge of all her treasure. This eunuch was at the right hand of this queen in charge of all the the money and the resources that she had. He was a, a man who rode on chariots coming up and down, not walking, but riding upon a chariot up and down. Now, some people say maybe this chariot was drawn by horses. Others will say that this chariot was actually carried by men, a thousand miles back and forth. But either way, this is, was a, a, a man of repute, a man of wealth, a man of power. We also know that because of that, his wealth was, was shown in the fact that he had in possession the scroll of Isaiah, or at least a part of it. Remember, to own a book or to own a scroll, you have to be vastly wealthy to have anything written in your possession. There was no printing press back then. These were copied by hand by the scribes. Perhaps he was able to get a copy from the Library of Alexandria. We, we don't know, but, but he had in his possession a copy of the scroll or parts of the scroll of Isaiah. We also know that he must have come to know the God of Israel somehow. We're not told his story, but we're told that he came to Jerusalem to worship. God. And so somehow he heard about the God of Israel. Perhaps in his trips to Egypt, perhaps in his trips to Jerusalem, that he heard about Yahweh himself. But either way, we are getting now to the ends of the earth. People who are distinctly different from those of Jewish blood. And so Philip, the deacon again, was called by the Holy Spirit. Go to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza because this man was returning. And Philip ran quickly. And he heard the eunuch reading from the scroll of Isaiah. Now let's stop here. For anyone to come to know Christ himself, for anyone to come to a saving knowledge of God himself, we will always be drawn to God's word. Let me say that again. The means by which God draws his people to himself is not some sort of simple supernatural 
encounter with God. Although that does happen as well. It's not some sort of just simple prompting in your heart. Although that is there as well. But all of these sort of supernatural promptings, supernatural experiences that God may give to his people are all for one purpose. And I believe this goes across the board. It leads God's people. It leads those people to run to God's word. To read God's word. And to understand God's word. Without a longing to understand what Jesus or God is teaching in his word. We have to pause. We have to pause and ask ourselves the question. Do I really want to know Jesus? And are those supernatural experiences really true? Efficacious? Leading me to Christ? Because we see here, here in, 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 the, in the eunuch, someone who desperately wants to know the word of God, who came to faith in worshiping Yahweh, and is reading this passage and wondering, what does this passage mean? It is rare for people that I see who enjoy a sport or a game or a hobby, who as they enter into that hobby, that once they're captured by it, well, just sort of wing it. A wood craftsman does not wing being a wood craftsman. They study they watch YouTube videos. They learn about wood. They learn about their equipment. They learn about different techniques. They start learning about the history. And when you ask them a question, tell me, how do you make this cabinet? If you're willing, they will lecture you for an hour or two hours about that. We as believers in the Lord are called to have that same energy and that same fervor in his word. That the spirit leads us and draws us to reading the very word of God. This is why in, in the 1970s when you had these great revival movements and even nowadays when we go out and share the gospel with people. We ask them, we say to them, listen, God loves you and, and God wants to forgive you of your sins and God wants to save you and God wants to draw you to himself. You know, when you say that to someone, everyone's going to raise their hand and says, that's great. I love that. I want to be saved too. I, 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 want, I want that type of Jesus in my life. And so when I feel guilty, I'll have Jesus. But when I need something else, I still have Muhammad, I still have these other, you know, 
all these other things as well. Pity that person who thinks that they know Jesus just by gaining a little peace of mind. Because anyone who is drawn to Jesus will be drawn to the Word of God. For you here who know God himself already, you can verify this. If you haven't read scripture in a long time, you sit and like we did in the retreat, just read 1 John. Read a book of the Bible. Read the passage of the Bible. And what happens? Your heart starts to thirst and hunger. And you start wanting to know who is this God that I'm worshiping? What does he require of me? And how must I, how can I serve him and to find that perfect joy in him as well? This eunuch is a model for all of us in terms of our hunger and our thirst. For righteousness. Now this eunuch had a problem because as he read this part of the of Isaiah, he didn't know what this passage was about, this suffering servant who would die for people's sins. And he asked a very simple question. Is the prophet talking about himself or talking about someone else? And Philip was very succinct. And he started to explain that this was talking about Christ and Christ alone. Now let's stop there for a little bit. One of the reasons we come to church together is because of this pulpit. Not so much me, but there's this pulpit. We come to hear the word of God proclaimed. We come to hear the word of God proclaimed so that we can hear the good news of the gospel. We hear someone explain to us plainly what scripture is saying. And in our hearing, we come to know Christ even deeper and deeper. Romans teaches us, listen, there are just people who need to hear the word of God, but how can they hear if no one's sent? And how can no one be sent if we, we don't go? Here it's pretty plain. The, the angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, go. And Philip goes, okay, I'll go. Here you are seated because you want to hear the word of God and you, you want to hear the, the basic, the, the, the good news of the gospel once again. But you are also the people who are sent, like Philip, to share the good news as well. Because there are people out there that God is preparing, just like this eunuch, to hear the word of God. And it could be you. 
For those of you who fly in airplanes all the time, there, there are people who are always want to talk. Well, most of them. You never know if that person you're sitting next to is hungry for the Word of God. You have people who you work with. And yes, perhaps it's all professional. But you never know when God gives an opportunity to share the Word of God. We are called, like Philip, to go out and, and, and be his mouthpiece to all. And I love what Philip does here. Philip doesn't talk about himself. Philip just talks about who Jesus is, what he has done, and what, he, and what the eunuch must do. Simple gospel presentation. A hope that is given to others. Because it's not about us, no matter how great your testimony may be. But it's about offering them Christ and Christ himself. And so the eunuch responds with faith and believes that Christ himself is the Messiah. Upon hearing the good news from Philip himself. There are no gadget plays when it comes to the gospel. If you like football, it's just basically give the ball to the running back and let him just go. If you're someone who likes to cook, it's just boil an egg, give some bread. It's the simplest of simple. Show them that show people God's word, what you know, what He's impressed upon your heart, what you have studied. Give that to people. And explain to them how it is that God saves. Is it harder to do now than it was before? Yes and no. You might say it's harder because people don't read the gospel, uh, read anymore. People don't carry their Bibles anymore. You might say it's harder because we live in this postmodern era. But let me, let me tell you this. Just because you had thousands of more people who would read the Bible in their English classes in college or thousands of or, or, or you know, thousands more people who read their Bibles because it was part of the high school literature class. You know what? That in itself does not guarantee that all those people will come to know the Lord. Our job is not simply to say we need all these people to start reading. Our job is simply let us disseminate the God's word to whoever is willing. That's it. If it's only one person, it's one person. If it's a hundred people, it's a hundred people. We rejoice in, in, in getting the word out there, but we will rejoice even more when only if just one person comes to know the Lord. 
But the only way someone's going to come to know the Lord is if we share his word, we give away his word, and we explain to them who Jesus is. That's, that's it. And we see in Acts this over and over and over and over and over again. Have you ever had that conversation perhaps at a funeral, maybe afterwards? You know, the, a, a pastor will, will read Psalm 23. And then perhaps afterwards you, you say to the person you know, a couple days later or even there and say, hey, what you think of Psalm, what do you think of Psalm 23? What do you think of that reading? What do you think it's about? What does it mean that he will lead us besides quiet waters? What does it mean that he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? What does it mean that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? You know what that means? That's, that's talking about, about Jesus being our shepherd. And loving us. He can be your shepherd too. Now whether they respond like Simon the sorcerer. Or they respond like the eunuch. It's not up to you. It's up to God. But it's God's word that changes people. God's word that we need to know and we need to share with others. And so this eunuch not only understood what the what what um, Philip was explaining in in Isaiah, but but uh, it seemed like Philip also taught him a little bit of good theology as well, because the eunuch said, "Let's let me get baptized right away." He knew that this baptism of the Holy Spirit that he needed to receive this joining of the spirit and word together was important. And so Philip obliged and said, there's no need to wait. And he was baptized right there and then. And then miraculously, Philip disappeared. This deacon disappeared. Because God had other plans for him. He, he sent him back to Azalos, which is um, basically back up north again, to like middle of Palestine. And he worked his way back up to Caesarea, preaching the gospel once again. This pattern of growth in the church is the same. This pattern of sharing the gospel, evangelizing, is the same. It does not matter if you are Jewish, Hellenistic Jew, a Samaritan, a half-Jew or half-breed, Ethiopian, or whatever race or ethnicity. 
the approach is the same. God's word, an explanation of God's word changes all people's hearts. Let us not neglect this, this love and this joy that we have. Finally, even though the, sorry, the eunuch was baptized, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more. The final thing that the gospel does is it gives joy. The eunuch went away rejoicing in the Lord. For he had found Christ. Reading God's word. Meeting the Lord. Should never feel heavy. Should never feel obligatory. But joyful. Let us in our own lives share God's word likewise, showing our joy to all people in the Lord, for he alone is good. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you once again. Lord, we thank you for raising up people like uh, Philip, the deacon, and showing us in Acts chapter 8, Lord God, how he was used by you to share the gospel. We thank you, Lord, for the two different models, Simon the Sorcerer and for, um, um, for the Ethiopian eunuch, Lord God, and how these two different people responded. We know, Lord, that their response is not our, our duty. People's responses are not our duty. But that our duty is to be steadfast in what we believe and steadfast, Lord, in what we need to speak. Father, we are a church centered on your word, centered on the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. We are a church, Lord, that calls all people to repentance and all people to faith. We are a people, Lord, who, who, who prays to see the joy in people's faces. When we, just hear, when we hear the words or proclaim to each other, Jesus is our King. Jesus is our Lord. And so may that joy increase here, Lord God. Lord, I, let me, Lord, I do reiterate once again, and I plead with you, may the joy of reading your word here in this church increase tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. And may we, Lord, be those people who share that those words to others that they too may know you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.